0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
1: Lovely Rita,
2: meet Nothing come between us. I your heart Well, if you listen to President Biden. Thank goodness for him that the country is holding it together because of him. Uh What a wild last few hours it's been because he addressed the nation. This is one of his first times that he has ever spoken from the Oval Office and addressed the country. Um And certainly one of the more visible things that he's done since he announced he's running in 2024. And we can't forget that it came right after he had a major fall at the Air Force Academy graduation. I mean, that fall was a mess, and everybody is talking about it today. It's sad that somebody is falling who's elderly, but it's really concerning when they're the President of the United States. And that's why I actually think the fall is very serious. And I say that because, yeah, I feel sorry. Everybody trips and falls. And he came back and said, I've been sandbagged, which, by the way, you know, was not something that he came up with. You know, somebody else wrote that line for him. And, yes, um, people fall all the time and do different things. But there is something really, really concerning. When you see a guy who can't get his words out, he doesn't know which way to get off the stage. He's tripping up the stairs on Air Force One, tripping down the stairs, and then he just takes a really hard fall. And he, like, tripped over his legs, you could sort of see. And you feel bad for him. But it is very, very concerning. And I am really worried because here he is, the president of the United States. I want us to look great. And you can bet anybody who has any problems about us and has any issues with the United States is playing that video over and over again today. That was a hard fall. That wasn't like a little trip. That was certainly an epitome of a president who looks feeble and weak and also mentally, physically and weak. And that's why it to me, it is so, so concerning. And also the double standards. My God, because if Trump had done it, it would be all over the place. Remember when he like was, you know, kind of like holding onto the railing when he was walking down after he spoke at West Point. Well, after that time, everybody in the liberal media was hammering him and saying, well, maybe he's not mentally capable. And yet today they're like Biden doing okay after a bad fall. You know, I mean, it's like talk about a like a total like PR machine for the president. And to me, what I just saw yesterday with President Biden looks so much worse than anything I've ever seen from President Trump and from any president in modern history. It just looks bad and it is par for the course with a guy who is having trouble getting his words out. So that's why I think all of these things are deeply concerning. And to me, no surprise that here it is on a Friday night. And Friday night at 7 o'clock is not the time you want to be addressing the country. I mean, it's like not the time. That's like when you want to kind of bury the news. And yet he decides to do this address from the Oval Office. And I think there's no coincidence that he did it tonight after he had a horrible fall. And I think the fall had more to do with why he spoke out tonight than this decision on the debt ceiling. Of course, they've reached a deal. We know the House has passed it. We know that the Senate has passed it. And we know because of all of those things that, indeed, because of that, um, you know, yes, it is going to go to the president. The president has said he's going to sign it. Um He has worked out this deal already, remember, with Kevin McCarthy And, yeah, I'm sure he wants to, like, tout some horns that he did that. But I think much more than that, he is out there tonight trying to tell people that he's not feeble and he's not reckless and he still is, quote, fit to be the commander in chief. That is, of course, a long shot at this point when you hear and you see his capabilities. And that's why I think he came out tonight. I think he wanted to show I think people in the White House were like, Mr. President you got to get out there because you looked so bad yesterday when you fell. And people are talking about your age. They're talking about your mental acuity. They're talking about your physical fitness. Are you ready to handle uh, what is old? It's only been two and a half years. There's still another year and a half, guys, of this term. And then you think that he can physically handle another four years? I hate to say it. I don't think so. And if you look at the latest polls, average Americans don't think so either. And so I think he was really out there to try to, like, show, oh, look, I'm here. I'm a marathon runner. You know, I'm ready for the triathlons at the Olympics. And I think that that had much more to do with him coming out and speaking about the debt ceiling deal, which, if you look at it, the Republicans, I believe, got much more than the Democrats. But they, I'm glad, agree that at least there needs to be some decision for the good of the country and I'm glad that at least things were resolved. But there are honest concerns. There are a lot of people on the right, the conservative, far sort of right, if you will, of the party that are saying this is not good. Seventy one uh, members in the House didn't vote for it. They feel like they could have gotten more had they held out. Um, I do think for the good of the country to put it past. But I do think that Republicans have to hold fast on a lot of other stuff and to sit there and hear tonight President Biden Uh, like he is the, quote, unifier-in-chief, that is such a bunch of hogwash. I mean, that is like, belies everything else that he says half the time out of his mouth. Every time I hear him open his mouth, it's like MAGA is this. MAGA is a threat to the republic. MAGA is that. I mean, this is not Mr. Unifier-in-chief. And in the same breath, when he got out there, by the way, tonight, just uh, about, what was it, about three hours ago, he gets out there, right? And he does his little speech and says, it's time to put the fury behind us. It's time to focus on peace. Here's a little bit of what he had to say, and take a listen. And uh, you be the judge if this sounds like the same guy who has been blasting MAGA Republicans at every turn.
0: Without unity, there is no
3: peace, only bitterness and fury. And we can never become that country. I can honestly say, I can honestly say to you tonight, but I've never been more optimistic about America's future. We just need to remember who we are. We are the United States of America. And there's nothing, nothing we can't do when we do it together.
2: When you do it my way is really what he should be saying. Because right after that, then he started saying, well, you know what? We will probably start increase taxes, uh, the billionaires and those who own the energy companies. I mean, he started on his usual spiel. So... He was divisive like five seconds after he said, don't be divisive anymore, you know. And it is a far cry from the typical speeches that we are hearing from this president. That's why nothing he says, I believe, it seems so insincere. It seems so orchestrated. It seems so ineffective. He still isn't answering reporters' questions because I think the White House knows that he can't answer reporters' questions. And what a far cry the commander-in-chief is from who we saw with President Trump. I mean, you see the way he handled the CNN, I call it the debate. It was a town hall, but that, you know, the host, Caitlin Collins, was grilling him every five seconds. And then last night he was on Hannity, where Hannity was asking him a lot of questions. Also, the audience was asking him questions. He was very seamless, very able to answer, very alert, very astute. And then he got this guy who's tripping left and right. I mean, it is a sad, sad state of affairs. And for him to sit there and say, oh, unity, yeah, let's kumbaya. Uh, we have to all come together. I'm the unifier in chief. That is a bunch of hogwash. Take a listen to a speech that he gave not that long ago. That boy doesn't sound like a unifier in chief.
3: Maga Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together, we can choose a different path. We can choose a better path forward to the future. A future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. And we're on that path moving ahead. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts and I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it.
2: Yeah, the MAGA Republicans are a threat to the democracy. They basically deserve, don't deserve to live. And I am the unifier in chief. That's what he said tonight. And also trying to take a victory lap, saying, boy, you know, we averted, we the common sense. You can see already where he's going. He's going to say, we did this with the, quote, reasonable Republicans. And those who are not reasonable don't even fall inside the Republican Party. He's just going to try to ostracize them. You already see where they're going with this. So he's going to try to turn this into some political victory and try to claim that he can work with reasonable ones. But the ones that aren't reasonable, if they don't work with him, well, then they're a threat to the republic. That's where he is going with this. And that's why he was trying to use tonight to do that, but also to say, I'm still standing, even though, boy, he wasn't standing yesterday on that stage when he fell all over himself. And to me, that is a metaphor for his presidency. And by the way, here is Charles Payne on Fox News a little bit ago. And this is what he thinks of President Biden.
4: It's, it's almost like combined with the other mental faculties that we've seen, it's almost like a Mr. Magoo caricature mm-hmm.
2: as the
5: president of the United States. And that's what we should all be worried about.
2: It is a sad state of affairs. And here's Emily Campagno with her take on how that fall symbolizes a lot more than physical frailties. We are all worried for his safety in what could be a traumatic event. He could
4: break a hip, he could break an elbow. And when you combine that with his mental faculties and the questions that have rightly so been raised around them, that's where it gets concerning. If he falls all the time, if he's a big klutz, that's great, that's half of us, right? But the issue is that he continues to engage in what seems like very surprising, disconnected, under-aware, totally oblivious concepts, comments and moments That is absolutely beneath the office of the commander in chief and beneath the leader of the free world. And I worry about this and I wish that there was more conversation from the left and from his own party about his clearly declining capacity of his mental state.
2: And in the last few hours, we are hearing from some on the left about it. RFK Jr., of course, who is running against President Biden, who's doing pretty well in the polls, uh, considering, you know, he just got in a little bit ago. He's got 20 uh, percent plus. Uh, that is clearly a threat to President Biden. He keeps saying, why don't you debate? Um, there should be a debate. There should be a forum for people to discuss ideas. And he also thinks it's important, by the way, that Biden also chime in on the debate so he gets ready if he ends up being the nominee, uh, that it's good experience, that he goes up against somebody else. And RFK Jr., a couple hours ago, said it is even more important Because now after seeing that fall and after seeing the mental and physical issues surrounding President Biden, he's also saying, you know what? I think it's even more important that he debates so he can show the American public if he's up to the task. He's questioning his mental and physical acuity. And he says it is time that the DNC opens the floodgates, the White House opens the floodgates and actually has Biden debate other Democrats for a lot of different reasons? Take a listen. This is RFK Jr. just a little bit ago.
1: I think I can beat him in the primary. You know, I, I, there's a lot of people who a who are at 80 or 90 have as much mental acuity as anybody 100%. else. So I, I would disagree with Governor Haley. I don't think people at 75 years old should automatically get a, a test. I think that's... Uh, that that's not right but i do think um that, that you know it's a it's an issue that people should you know be concerned with
2: and that's why he says it is time for biden to put up or shut up and finally agree to a democratic debate here's rfk
1: i think that he would rather not debate uh his either you know any of his opponents right now during the last election uh during the pandemic <laughs> he was able to conducted from the White House without doing debates, I think it's important to do a debate now, and particularly because he will have to debate his Republican opponent. Mm -hmm. And if that's Donald Trump, Donald Trump has shown his acumen at that debate, and the president is really going to have to be on his toes. And asking to prepare for that debate uh, when they're going to have the very intense, and robust debates in the Republican Party, and asking President Biden to prepare for that debate by, you know, staying in the White House and not really being out in the campaign trail is like asking a prize fighter to uh, to prepare for the big bout by sitting on the couch and eating <laughs> Chick Fil A. It's not, you know, he needs to be on his toes and uh, and I, you know, if he's going to beat the Republican.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think questions about his mental and physical acuity are one thousand percent fair game. We're going to take your calls when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: It's The Rita Cosby Show.
2: This is definitely the perfect song. We're going to put it up for the chorus uh, because this fits President Biden on the stage there in Colorado yesterday. Here it is. And, boy, he was falling, and he continues to fall in the polls, too. one 800 one 800 let us go to Mike, line four. Mike, your thoughts about the fall and also him taking the, like, victory lap tonight, saying he's the unifier in chief again, which is just such selective memory. Maybe maybe it's good as memory is gone so he doesn't remember what he used to say for the last... uh you know, hundreds of days prior to this, maybe that's where the maybe that's where that's coming from.
6: Well, Rita, you know, uh played sports back in the day, I was a pretty good drummer. Tom Petty, you know, rest in peace. Free falling.
2: Yep, yeah, absolutely. Wasn't that a perfect song?
6: <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. You know, uh it is amazing, you know, uh he's getting old, he's eighty, but there are a lot of eighty year olds and you know, on the other side of the coin. But you know he's delusional uh you know, and the buzzwords right Rita? the the mega republicans between the donkeys and the elephants and and uh, uh hunter you know uh between those two scam artists, they should be indicted soon and all the other far left communists and and schumer yeah he's 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 the, he's the uh, yeah he he's uh, the band leader uh uh and, and it's unbelievable uh and I'll, I'll leave you with this, Rita. Always good listening. And Dominic Two-Aces, you know, what he said, uh, the Marine from West Iceland where I used to live back in the day. Yep. And what he did on that train, he should not be indicted. And Sharpton, you know, Sharpton in his eulogy, the biggest racist, you know, doesn't mention anything about he was mentally disturbed. 44 arrests. And he's shouting to people, I'll shoot you, Mother Jambus.
2: And by the way, by the way, Mike, you covered a couple topics because I was going to even talk later on in the show. And I'm glad you mentioned it because, indeed, uh, the grand jury has started hearing evidence in that case um, with the Marine, uh, Daniel Penny. So it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Because just like you said, Sharpton has made it sound like uh, the homeless guy just came on and for no reason was basically choked to death for no reason, which is such a uh, re-evaluation, rewriting history to a T. Mike, thank you very, very much, my friend, and always great to hear from you. You have a great, great weekend. Let's go to Michael uh, in Nutley on line five. Michael, your thoughts?
7: Rita, I have some good news for your listeners. That Biden fall truly gave me
3: hope as an American citizen because we're two heartbeats away from a President McCarthy. And I, you, you said the truth before, before early on the show when you said our enemies saw that fall, and that's making them more emboldened to attack Taiwan, maybe even attack Poland. That fall really says a lot about the leadership in our country, and our enemies are watching. I mean, Israel is a target with Iran. Things are going to go down, and I'm, I'm worried about this. What's going to happen in the next couple of weeks or months? We might be in a war with China, and this is this did not help this stupid fall of Biden.
2: Yeah, and and I agree with you. I think the world is watching. Our allies are watching. Now, let me ask you, Michael. Why do you think he did the speech tonight? I think part of it. I think a lot of it was to try to pretend like he's doing okay. I think more than even anything on this debt ceiling bill, I think he wants to he's trying to pretend like he's a unifier in chief. I think he's going to try to say, well, the MAGA Republicans were not part of this. See how bad they are. I mean, I I can already see where he's going. But I also think the White House said you better get out there because you look like a bubbling idiot on the stage and you look so feeble and bad. I think that's part of it. Real quick, your thoughts, Michael. Of, of, of course he had to get out there to, to make up for what happened yesterday. He is
3: President
6: Magoo. He is trying to bamboozle the voters again. And that's what's happening.
2: Yeah, and, and you know what's scary? They think, Michael, you're right, that the White House seems to think that they can keep him in the basement and he can beat any of the Republicans. Uh, yet he's got a track record. Not something to brag about now.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. Joe presents back the blue
2: and in tonight's back the blue segment a very sad story coming from brandon mississippi where an intruder who went into a mississippi home armed with three guns and wearing a bulletproof vest took a woman hostage and later shot two police officers killing one and seriously wounding the other officer during an eight-hour standoff that happened yesterday. The violence took place in the Jackson, Mississippi, suburb of Brandon, where the officers had been called in as backup from several law enforcement agencies. Now, among those responding was Madison, Mississippi, Police Department Officer Randy Tyler, who died after he was shot twice in the chest with a rifle. Tyler had worked for seven years as an officer in Madison, another Jackson suburb, and the Madison Department said that he was a member of its special response team and also directed the training of newly hired officers. Tyler also, by the way, had previously retired as police chief in nearby Ridgeland, uh, Mississippi, So a very, very sad day. And the governor of Mississippi, Tate Reeves, said in a statement uh, that today Mississippi grieves for Tyler officer for Officer Tyler, rather his loved ones and also the rest of the law enforcement community. Officer Tyler was courageous and his sacrifice likely stopped others from being killed or injured. Uh, They were able to get the shooter identified as a 22 year old man. Uh, from the town of Pearl, Mississippi, not too far away. What a sad, sad story, and what an important message. Uh, every time you see a member of our law enforcement thank them for everything they are doing to protect all of us, and how sad uh, that a member in blue, uh, one of our great, great warriors out there, lost his life uh, trying to protect this woman and the other officer fighting for his life. Tonight, of course, our thoughts and prayers tonight are with all the officers there of the Madison Police Department in Mississippi and of course all of our great men and women across this country. Well, we are talking about just obviously how bad crime is, how bad the border is, there are so many issues facing our national security and where we desperately need our law enforcement. And that is why it is so important. I think this next election, I think is pivotal for the country. Later on in the show, we're going to talk about the migrant crisis. Boy, is it exploding in New York City. I mean, it is unbelievable. The cost is $8 million a day. And so that is completely out of control. In addition to that, we've got Biden who is like hobbling and wobbling and feebling and all over the place on the stage there at Colorado. And today, Corinne John pierre This is the way she answered reporters questions as if, you know, Biden is basically Tom Brady. Take a listen. Uh, and just to just, you know, make sure we clear the record here. He tripped over
8: uh, a, ba- a sandbag on the stage and b- briefly he tripped and got up and he, he got got right back up and continued, uh, continued what he was there to do. He did not uh, he he, there was no need uh, for the doctor to see him uh, as it was related to the fall. And he's doing fine. You saw most of some of you saw him last night when he returned uh, getting off of Marine One on the south Lawn. He spoke to this. uh, So I would refer you back to his comments. And so I'll just leave it there.
2: Uh, That sure sounds like uh, can we try to move on? Because, boy, was it embarrassing. And I'm sure that that played a role with why he had to, quote, address the nation tonight there is no doubt in my mind that they wanted to try to do a little uh, reconstruction after the disaster and not only disasters we just talked about for America but it just looks so bad because the rest of the world is seeing a very feeble uh, very uh, enabled president mentally and physically and then they see him fall on the stage I'm talking about his performance prior to this they see a sucker they see, uh, you know, him saying, Oh, if it's a minor incursion, no big deal. And then Russia goes in. They see us abandoning Afghanistan. What a disaster that was. They see an open border. They see him reaching out to China, word that the CIA director, uh, was secretly over there in China, uh, trying to mend fences, uh, as if they should be over here mending fences with us. Uh, but yet they see a very weak president and then they see him fall. That just epitomizes, I think, sadly, how they see this country now with this president, and that breaks my heart. And meantime, also, presidential candidates on the GOP side are also talking about the fall that fell around the world. Uh, This is President Trump last night at the town hall talking about it.
0: I want to start with the current president.
9: Um, Did you see the video of when he fell? And and did you see the video? He actually said, uh, by the way, I met with... um, who are those guys that are going to fly over shortly? Yeah. Yeah, that's your president it uh, right not, now. Not too good. It's sad. It's sad. It's not, you know, it's, uh, they're representing, we are all representing the country. you become president and uh, you're sort of not allowed to do that. But it's happened. It's happened and it's happened pretty badly. Uh, we won't go into it, but we all know the ones and they, uh, they count those acts. You know, they never forget.
2: But that was a bad fall. Boy, was it a bad fall. And Ron DeSantis had a pretty good doozy talking about the fall as well. Take a listen.
5: He is already older than all but five presidents.
2: Now, he did
6: see, I think a lot of people saw, he had a fall at this Air Force uh, event. And, you know, I, I I don't know if he sustained injuries, but I just want to say that um uh, we hope uh, and wish Joe Biden a swift recovery from any injuries he may have sustained. But we also wish the United States of America a swift recovery from the injuries it has sustained because of Joe Biden and his policies.
2: He's right on because the fall sort of epitomizes, sadly, the view of America around the world right now. Even though if you listen to Biden, uh, they now respect us suddenly. Is there anybody out there who thinks that Kim Jong-un... Or that Vladimir Putin, uh, any of these bad actors around the world? What about the Ayatollahs in Iran that they're saying, boy, this looks like a real tough guy? Uh, boy, we got to be worried about that guy. You just got to be worried that he's not going to trip on you. That's what you're worried about. And here is Carl Rove, a Republican strategist, talking about what we all clearly see and what the big concern is right now.
5: He is already older than all but five presidents were at the time of their death, and those presidents, by and large, had had an re- average retirement of 20-some-odd-plus years by the time they passed from this earth. So, I mean, he, he's 80 today. He'll be 81 by the end of the year. He'll be 82 shortly after the twenty. 20- 24 election and before the 2025 inauguration and the idea that somehow or another the country is going to be well served by a guy who's going to be 86 if he's able to serve all four years that job john you covered the white house i worked Mm -hmm. there for seven years we both know how demanding it is and if he's not up to the job today why do we think he's going to get better
2: yeah can you imagine it is two and a half years into his first term and there already has been a very visible rapid decline. Is he capable of even finishing this first term, let alone going for another one at a time where there are so many problems in the world? one 800 848 one 848 Let's go to Jacqueline, line four. Jacqueline, your thoughts about uh, Biden's fall uh, in polls and on the stage?
8: Well, Rita, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, he mentioned something about taking us into the future. In the meanwhile, all he's done, and there's no doubt in my mind that what he's going to continue to do, is drag us back into the past. Um, he's he's definitely not, not capable. Uh, but I want to add one thing. Listening to what Michael had to say, I like the way he thinks. Uh, President McCarthy. Hey, that wouldn't be bad for another year and a half of of this term, this current term. You I know the
2: problem with that, and, and obviously I know you know this. I mean the the pecking order. It's there. You, there's a, somebody in between there, and her name is Kamala Harris. I mean, you know that that only comes after something happens to Kamala Harris. You know, and and right now, uh, you know, she definitely has more energy than Biden. Clearly, her policies are are out of whack. But that's a whole other issue. She's at least, you know, she's spry. She's alert. Uh, whether, you know, and boy, she knows how to cackle at the right opportunity, you know. So it's a long ways away till there would ever be a McCarthy. You understand that.
8: She may have the energy, but she's got a lot of other issues that I'm sure that Congress can look into and eliminate her as the second or the next in line to the throne so that we can get a President McCarthy. And if I can comment on one thing, I heard you speaking with um, uh, John Solomon earlier today, and I'm glad that he has looked into and has the documentation and the uh, footage, the film footage, when Madame Lagosi, as I referred to her, oh, she was so terrified and terrorized on January 6th that she and her daughter were being very flippant about being escorted out of the chamber, that they were making a video that was later used in some fly by night uh, documentary quote unquote that they were making, just like the other one AOC that she was in fear of her life and that she she feared she was going to be raped, like egene Carroll i mean i think I think she 's another one that 's got a rape fantasy
2: well, and the whole thing by the way, with uh, you 're right aoc wasn 't even like in the area where she said she was, remember, according to other members of congress and and regarding the John Solomon, I thought that was blockbuster too jacqueline i 'm glad you brought that up. Um, when he brought up, um, that they were filming and you can see like the daughter like following her around. And there were other moments. I remember like early on seeing the daughter following around thinking, what is this? What's, what does the daughter happen to be there following her around? And she's like, you know, looking to the camera, she's like talking, like it, it seemed already staged, even the stuff I saw before this. But John really had a blockbuster cementing that that's the case. The other thing too, Jacqueline, uh, that he talked about, was also that Adam Schiff and others were well aware that the footage was doctored, that there was some footage where there was no natural sound. And they added, like, screaming and shouting and all these dramatic effects. You're not allowed to do that if you're at a congressional hearing. It's different if you're doing a film, a feature film. But if you're doing, you know, presenting to the public that this is what it was like, listen and see everything, you can't add suddenly sound effects for drama uh, because that clearly influences. And that's not evidence. So there could be some sanctioning, he was saying. And the other thing he also said, Jacqueline, he teased it. And on Monday, he's going to come on with me and John on Cats and Cosby. And I'll definitely be talking about this also, you guys, on Monday night here. Is that he is going to come on and talk about how there was apparently a security guard there who basically let a lot of the protesters on January 6th through the back door. And um not intentionally that I think hit a button that basically unlocked the back door. So while they, uh, there were guards in the front, you know, keeping posts and trying to keep people out of the front, apparently a lot of them were coming through a back door that was wide open and a, a huge breach in security. So that changes the perspective a lot. Don't you think, Jacqueline? I mean, boy, it makes it sound like we didn't hear almost any shred of truth publicly about january 6th so far it's like i want to hear the real story january 6th the real story when are those hearings going to happen jacqueline
8: why does that not surprise me why does none of this shock me or surprise me one thing i always say the truth eventually comes out i'm just very happy that it's coming out sooner rather than later and we don't have to wait a hundred years for the truth to come out but that proves what All of us conservatives have been saying right along this whole January 6th situation was orchestrated by those demon rats, as I refer to them. So now the proof is coming to the light of day. And let us not forget, Mayor Giuliani has a lot more proof about what went on in the 20 election.
2: Well and let's see where all the facts go. That's all we want to know. Is whatever the facts go, that's what we wanna know. Jacqueline, thank you very, very much. Uh let's go to Teddy, line eight. Ted, your thoughts.
6: Yes, I disagree strongly and I'm really surprised how your mind What do
2: you disagree with, Ted?
6: with what you said about joe biden okay i think joe biden's speech tonight was eloquent he was coherent he was lucid
2: and he tripped and what you're doing is you and Teddy. Teddy, are you kidding me you uh i mean by the way i will say that i thought his speech tonight was lucid i never said that his speech tonight wasn't lucid what i have said is that he has tripped over himself verbally so many times prior to this and he didn't just i mean he fell it was a really bad fall. And, and Ted, it always looks bad no matter when anybody falls. When, how, about when, how about when Trump was there at, the, um, at West Point and he was like, he didn't even fall. He just was like kind of tiptoeing down because it was like a ramp. The media hammered him. I mean, trust me, they'd be calling for his impeachment tonight if he fell like Biden did. I, I mean, I'm not even being facetious. They hammered him for just like a little trip saying, oh, God, maybe he's not mentally stable. Maybe he's not this. You remember that, right, Teddy?
6: Speak. Do you have to follow the crowd? Two wrongs don't make a right. This is not math class. A negative times a negative equals a positive.
2: You know what, Teddy? First, I would like an answer from you. Don't you think the media hammered him? And by the way, I didn't really think that that was appropriate. I mean, I remember him walking very carefully down the stage. I don't think the media should, But to me it 's not like two wrongs to me i didn 't think there was anything bad when he was sort of walking down the steps that 's different i 'm talking about trump and and even Biden tripping once in a while. the problem is he 's had so many verbal slurs, and this was a fall and If you could put it in its isolation it 's sad anytime i'm by the way i 'm thank goodness he 's okay because the last thing you want is something to happen to our commander in chief so i 'm i 'm You know, obviously we wish him well and, and you want him to be well, but it's a metaphor for sort of how he's handled his presidency. And it's a metaphor for his physical and mental acuity, Ted. You can't make it sound like, like he's, uh, Tom Brady and then suddenly falls on the stage. That, that's not who we have in the Oval Office. I mean, you gotta be honest.
6: Doctor, you, you can't make a diagnosis
2: about that. No, but other doctors have, and they clearly think he is slow. And Ted, you can't tell me looking at him that he is not, uh, uh, you know, slow. I mean, it's, it's very visible that you don't need to be a doctor to see the obvious. I mean, are you you telling me he's, he's spry as a chicken? What do
7: you want to say about the 350? I'm asking you. you, Wait,
2: you didn't answer the question. Do you think he is spry and do you think he could physically and mentally handle not just another year and a half, but another four years after that, should he get elected?
10: Rita. Is that, that yes no? is that a yes or a no? Is that a yes or a no? Is
2: that a yes or a no? He's fine. Oh my God, Ted. Boy, you you got to cut off that drinking because it's really getting to you on a Friday night. Whatever it is, I like it because it's strong stuff. It's working really well. Ted, thank you. We're going to continue our calls after that one, guys.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: Or an ordinary fall for Joe Biden because he has fallen in the polls, too. And even Democrats are saying that they're not satisfied with him. They're not satisfied with the direction that this country is going in. And yet, uh, no matter how much he falls, how hard he falls, he says he's still campaigning from the basement. Don't count him out. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 9222 uh, let's go to Andrew, line seven. Andrew, your thoughts.
7: Rita, Rita, we could come together. <laughs> <with Teddy. laughs> yeah,
2: but, yeah, what did you teddy think? By the way, what did you think of a uh, uh, Fuzzy Teddy Bear? Teddy's like, oh, he's OK. Right.
11: And I think Teddy may have issues. Maybe he's older and has ailments, which is not me putting him down. So maybe he empathizes with Biden and doesn't want to be mocked like I'm dyslexic. So I'm sensitive about like if someone makes fun of my spelling. So I don't know if that's the case, but maybe. Although Teddy
2: Teddy seemed like it, like he still had some good spunk. I'd rather see Teddy there than Biden. I mean, yeah, and and you know what's interesting, Andrew? To me, it's not the age thing. I mean, President Trump is not too far off age-wise, but if I, I feel he's like 20 years younger in terms of mental acuity and physical. Adeptness. I mean, you know, everybody ages differently and, and my heart breaks for somebody, um, older. It happens when people get older, but it also happens to younger people too, who, you know, for whatever reason. But I just think the president of the United States is such an important position, Andrew, not just for America, but for the world. That is probably the most important position in the world. I, I almost can't think of anything more important. And, and to have somebody who is, not physically and mentally up to par, and reminds us of it almost every single day. It gets worse and worse. Uh, I don't think American can take it. I mean, I I think it's too dangerous and it's too risky, and I think his policies uh, are bad enough, but to look weak and feeble to the world is not a good thing. Your thoughts, Andrew?
11: You went to school in South Carolina, right? And they would say, right quick, right quick. I just want to say something people didn't pick up on. He insulted the troops because... What the naval men or future naval men because he said he only was going to go to that school because he could play quarterback, he thought, but Roger Starbuck was there, which is a made up story, but anyway, so he's like, well, I'm not going to go there, but you're supposed to go there because you're brave and you serve the country, not to play a sport, so that was insulting to the to those future sailors, which nobody that, picked up on
2: that's an interesting point, Andrew. That's a very, very interesting point, you're right. Uh, There's always a little foible there. I'm glad you picked up on it, Norm. Your thoughts on line two, Norm. Your thoughts.
7: Uh, My thoughts are he's not going to last to 2024. I, I I just I can't see it. I just can't see it. Um, I think Q, Michelle Obama, or, uh, or uh, I don't know, Gavin Newsom, or somebody like that. Because, or maybe you know, God willing, it would be someone like RFK Jr. But I, I, at least for the Democrat side, uh, I, I don't see it. Uh, I, it's it's very telling that they immediately had a, uh, like, a, you know, this, this speech tonight.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
6: I know your name is-
2: Later on in this hour, we are going to talk about what a disaster the migrant crisis is in New York and really around the country, thanks to President Biden and his crazy policies. Uh, Things are so bad that they are literally looking at 750 possible sites to consider to house migrants in New York City alone, and they're now setting up cots At the JFK airport. Thank you very much, President Biden. What a mess. At a price tag of $8 million a day, at minimum, to New York City. Again, all because of President Biden's crazy, crazy policies. And also, we're going to be talking about the fact that the grand jury has started hearing evidence, according to reports, of the Daniel Penny Marine chokehold case What do you think they will decide? Do you think the heroic Marine who was trying to defend people on the New York City subway, do you think he can get a fair trial in New York? Or is it so skewed in New York City uh, that they will not give him fair justice? Remember, of course, Alvin Bragg hurried up and rushed and decided to do the charges against the Marine. And now it goes to this grand jury for a possible indictment. So they sort of are the second phase. They could decide, okay, we can't come to an agreement. We're going to kick it out. It's called no true bill. Or they could proceed forward and go with the charges. You know, I have mixed feelings on this. My first thought is, well, it's New York, and who knows what Alvin Bragg, the old saying, you can indict a ham sandwich. Um, But then my other thought is anybody If they legitimately pick a jury of his peers, then they would be people who've probably been on the subway at some point. And they would know how downright scary the New York City subway is. And they would know that it's a dangerous place to be. And because of that, you would think that anybody who's even read a headline or seen anything, uh, that hopefully that they would realize that indeed, uh, you know, he was trying to defend himself when they also put the witness statements in. And I hope that that Marine goes before the grand jury. His attorney was saying that 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 is an option. They've kept that on the table, that that is an option. There's a good chance that he could potentially go before the grand jury. And I think it's important that he does. Quite frankly, I think it's pivotal that he does. I think that he should go in and say, hey, listen, I have nothing to hide You all know I was there. It's on the videotape. I was doing it because it was self-defense. And he's even come out and said he would do it again because he feels like he did the right thing at the time. He didn't intend, of course, to kill Jordan Neely. Jordan Neely, in fact, he would like put him up in the recovery position like he was trying to help him afterwards. He thought he had just passed out. He was just trying to neutralize temporarily the guy so he would stop harassing people. Of course, that's a very different version Than what you hear from Al Sharpton and I want to hear your thoughts on if you think the Marine can get a fair hearing before a grand jury of his peers in New York City and if you think he should testify before the grand jury. Now we know that the grand jury is underway and starting to hear evidence in the case. So. I'll be really curious to see where this goes. What do you think, guys? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we're also talking about the war of words uh, between DeSantis and also Trump as Joe Biden is tripping and bobbling and wobbling on every single stage that's out there. And boy, did he fall all over the place. So now the GOP is saying, you know what? We definitely have to figure out how to topple this president, and you can see that they're taking swipes. Clearly, President Trump and also DeSantis clearly see that this is definitely a two-man race at this point. Next week, we know that Chris Christie's going to get in. He's going to throw some flames for sure, Trump's way. Uh, There's a lot of bad blood between the two of them, and he's kind of made it clear that he's an anti-Trumper now. He was a pro-Trumper for a long time. Uh, Then he had some bad blood with the transition team, if you will. I remember that he wanted to be part of the transition team and had all these people set up. Uh, And then Jared Kushner came in, and Jared Kushner didn't get along, of course, with Christie, because Chris Christie, remember, is the one who went after Jared Kushner's father. And then also... Christie also was going up against Trump. Remember when the Access Hollywood video came out? And Trump was very, very angry that he felt sort of abandoned by Chris Christie at that moment. So there's a lot of uh, back and forth emotions there. So Chris Christie is definitely going to throw some shade. We also have Pence throwing his name into the race next week. So, boy, it's going to get really wild. And just a few hours ago, the RNC. Announced that they will do debates. They've got the first one scheduled for August 23rd. The next one's going to be August 24th. And this is really interesting because they say the criteria is to compete in the debates, you got to have all the, you know, funds and all that stuff have raised X amount, done X amount of donors, all that stuff. But there's also two other pledges. One, you will not do any other debates, any other outside debates other than theirs. So it becomes a moment that everybody's got to tune into. And then the other is, you got to pledge to support the GOP nominee no matter who it is. And when we talked to Trump a couple of weeks ago, myself and John Katsimatidis, when we did the interview with Trump, they made a lot of headlines. Trump, first of all, said he doesn't know if he's going to debate. That's one, because he said, if I'm so far ahead, why should I debate, uh, which is an interesting point. And two, also, he would not swear that he would back the GOP nominee if it's not him. So. It's an interesting conundrum. Will Trump actually debate? Do you think he should? Well, in the meantime, DeSantis is definitely nipping on his heels. Uh, DeSantis today was in uh, in South Carolina. He was in Iowa earlier. He's going to be back in Iowa tomorrow. And here is DeSantis basically going after President Trump now, trying to step up the ante. Take a listen. You know, if the former president says
6: he can slay the deep state in six months, my question to him would be, well, you already had four years. Why didn't you slay it then?
2: Wow. Ouch. In other words, you had time to do it. And that's in response to President Trump, who said That he was quoting DeSantis. DeSantis was like, pick me, pick me, pick me, because if you pick me, I'll be around for two terms. Trump would only be there for one term because, of course, he was a one-termer before. And Trump's response was, well, why does he need eight years to fix things? Why is he trying to make the case for eight years? I can fix it in six months. And so now he's saying, well, if you're so good, uh, why didn't you fix it in four years? That's DeSantis's reply. It's like this back and forth. And here is President Trump going after DeSantis for his comments.
9: I've been watching DeSantis go out and say, uh, I've got eight years. It's going to be eight years. Let me tell you something. Right there, you should vote against him. It'll take me six months to have it totally the way it was. We'll have it fast. It's drilling. It's the wall. And it's getting criminals out of our country that have been allowed to come in so freely. We're going to get them out. ICE, we're going to double up on ICE and the Border Patrol. They're incredible people. Brandon Judd and Tom Holman and some people that we have are phenomenal people, but they uh, don't use the good ones. They use uh, very liberal, very radical left people.
2: And President Trump further said the eight years that DeSantis is talking about, well, that is not A serious number that if he comes in, he knows where the Oval Office is, he knows where the bathrooms are, he knows where the leadership is, he's not a novice, and he's also run a country before, not just a state. Here's a little bit more of what he said.
9: Who can believe in an open border? But when I heard uh, DeSantis go out and say uh, and, and talk about eight years, we need eight years. You don't need eight years, you need six months. We can turn this thing around so quickly. If you need eight years, Who the hell wants to wait eight years? You don't need eight years. I'll have it turned around and I think fully turned around. We'll be drilling and we'll be doing a lot of things. We'll be energy independent in six months. We'll be able
2: to do that in six months. We'll be able to do it in six months. And this comes, by the way, as you look at the poll numbers. I mean, President Trump is so far ahead And so many of the polls, there's the real clear uh, politics polling average. That basically is like a synopsis, an average of all the leading polls. And boy, does he hold a huge early polling lead. Uh, Just to give you an idea, again, this is the average of all the different polls. Uh, This is the latest one that came out. It has Trump at 53.2%. And DeSantis, not DeSantis, but DeSantis, at 22.4%. That is an enormous gap. That's at least 30 percentage points, which is a huge lead. So do you think DeSantis can overcome it? And also, what do you make of the fact that whoever it is at this point, it looks like they're going to be going up against Joe Biden. And does Joe Biden even have the energy to continue the campaign? Campaigns are rigorous, I mean, you look at already even just the last few days between Trump and DeSantis alone have been all over some of the key states and campaigning and doing the rallies and doing this. is Just the beginning. The debates, as I mentioned, haven't even started yet. The first debate is August 23rd. And there may be so many GOP candidates. They're saying they may do two nights, August 24th. But I mean, this is just the beginning. And you are, I've covered camp presidents uh, when they've been on the campaign trail. I have followed them on the campaign trail as a journalist. And it is relentless. It's sometimes, you know, five, six, seven, eight stops a day, no sleep, running, 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 running. And it's exciting, but you got to have the energy to be in the game. And it looks like President Biden doesn't even have the energy to be on the stage. 1-800-848-9222, one 848 Let's go to Tony, line four. Tony, your thoughts.
4: You're making me laugh because I was thinking of uh, Primary Colors, the movie about Bill Clinton. Remember oh, yeah. Remember when he was on the campaign trail? Sure. He had so Sure. He had so much energy and he was getting into mischief along the way. So this, you know, I believe that and I love that Mr. Magoo is not our president. He's not running the country. He's It's in name only. And I believe that uh, the rest of the world knows it and most of the American people know it. I believe he spoke out today in his good guy, bad guy, some good guy speech. Because I believe, Rita, that this FBI document is sort of looming in the background for next week. That's just my opinion.
2: And by the uh, way, by the way, you heard the big news um, that we were talking about that Now, Ray has agreed to show it to Congress, Um, not necessarily hand it over, but at least walk it over and show it to Congress. So at least there's some progress on that front.
4: So the world knows he's not running the country. And obviously, you know, the first time we heard about him, he has fallen so many times. So that's not why he did the speech. Most of the time, it's like on Air Force One, I went through it. And a lot of times, you would think they would be a little more careful with him. I said, are they trying to get rid of him? Because no one ever watches him going up and down the steps. But then there was Hiroshima at a G7 conference or whatever. But the first time he did it was really strange. It was in November of 2020. He was president-elect. And he broke his foot after a shower when he says, tripped on a rug, while chasing his dog. I remember. Tony, yeah. you're right.
2: And and we never knew. It's not like whether there's video, but that's what they said. You're right.
4: The other time.
2: So, I mean, was... hey, Tony, do you think that that now in hindsight, because at the time that was kind of early on, do you really think he tripped on his dog?
4: Pulling its tail, he might have been doing that because <laughs> he's <Mr>. missing <Miguel. laughs> Mago. So, I'm excited about this, but listen, the world knows. And I think all the people in leadership know in the GOP, you know, those that are looking at him, they know he isn't running the country. So how can you put that man on any kind of a platform? So fall. And when I was looking at it, when, when the Secret Service was near him, it almost looked like, you know, they put the sandbag there on purpose. (laughs)
2: <laughs> right. Maybe they were like hoping, boy, please, maybe he'll fall. I mean, look, I'm glad in all seriousness, I am glad that he's OK because he is our commander in chief and he always wants the best for the country and he always wanted the best for everybody. But I'm telling you, uh, it is it is a metaphor for how he is running this campaign. And it is uh, just a sad display to America. I feel like we have fallen so much Uh, Whether it's, you know, the way they've handled the military and the way they pulled out of Afghanistan. I just, and the border and crime. There are so many issues right now that to me it is just sort of a metaphor for his presidency and sadly the country under him. And that breaks, you know, really, really breaks my heart. Uh, Tony, thank you very much. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1 800 848 9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: Well, that is an appropriate song as well on this Friday night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, coming up, we are going to talk about the fact that the grand jury is now hearing the case of the Marine who put Jordan Neely, the disturbed homeless man, in a chokehold on the New York City subway. Uh, Do you think that the Marine can get a fair Trial before a grand jury. They always say the phrase, you can indict anybody, including a ham sandwich. But do you think this is different? Uh, that they will hopefully hear from the Marine. I think he should 1000% testify. Normally you don't, but in this case, 1000% he should go in and testify. He says he has been clear about what he did, why he did it. Uh, there are also other witnesses who say that the guy was unruly, the homeless guy, and making serious threats, saying, I want to kill a mother blank. That's a pretty serious threat. Um, hopefully the grand jury will hear all of this and it won't be so skewed like Alvin Bragg typically does, probably, in most cases. So what are your thoughts as to whether the Marine will get a fair trial in New York City? And do you think there's a possibility that this New York City jury will say, heck, I've been on a subway before, and it is downright dangerous, and I feel sorry for this guy. And I can imagine how scary it is and how scary it was for other people. So that's why I think he might actually get off in the grand jury. Maybe I have more faith in the system than others do. Uh, But I actually do think he might get off in the grand jury process, and that could happen any day now. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222, one 848 9222 Meantime, we are talking about Biden, Trump, and DeSantis. Uh, let's go to Larry, line eight. Larry, your thoughts.
7: Hi, Rita. Can you hear me well? Yep,
2: I hear you. Perfect. Go ahead.
7: Okay, I have two comments to make. First of all, whenever I hear that Trump is, is trouncing DeSantis, I get very sad. Because I know, and everybody else knows, that DeSantis is a very, very likable individual. And when I hear that Trump is beating him by so much, I know that that election was stolen. okay? That confirms it, because that kind of popularity would not
2: not even be— Larry, we're losing you there. We're losing you.
7: That kind of popularity would be be unbeatable in a general election. That's the first— That's the first point I want to make. So, wait,
2: you don't believe the polls, or what are you saying there?
7: I'm saying that it could – no, I believe the polls. I'm saying that it makes me saddened that retrospectively I know that the election was stolen. That proves to me that the 2020 election was stolen.
2: Because Biden is what, so bad? Is that your point? I mean (laughs) – Because
7: if Trump – because no, because DeSantis is so good – that if Trump could be beating him by so much, it proves to me that that the election must have been stolen.
2: Yeah, I, I, I sort of thought that's where you're going. But, but two things. You think DeSantis is very likable. You're saying that, right? Yes. All right. I, I'll just tell you two things. And I don't know DeSantis uh, very well. But what I find interesting, just looking from the outside, is DeSantis—and, Larry, I'll hold you over, too. If you can hang on with us, too, I'll hold you over, too— Um, But what I find interesting with DeSantis, a lot of the people who know him really well aren't backing him, including a lot of the Florida members of Congress. They are not backing him. A lot of them are not. They went for Trump. Makes me wonder, what do they know that we don't know yet? I'm sure Trump is working on it. But anyway, Larry, stay with us. We'll get to part two after the break.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
2: And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a story that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, Of course, the person comes from Salinas, California, but was honored in Washington, D.C. A 101 year old merchant marine veteran from Salinas, California, was honored in the nation's capital over Memorial Day weekend. Veteran John Ed Lawton joined the Merchant Marines during World War II, and the Merchant Marines, of course, were critical during wartime and beyond as they shipped supplies to our U.S. troops around the world. In World War II, an estimated 9,521 Merchant Marines died in their service to our country, which was a higher rate than any other military branch during the war. And for one of the first times ever, our Merchant Marines were given the official honor of laying a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, For me, it's very, very beautiful to see this because I had helped play a role with the Merchant Marines getting the Congressional Gold Medal, which they received just about a year ago. And it was one of the greatest moments to be there on Capitol Hill and see Speaker McCarthy and also, by the way, Nancy Pelosi. It was bipartisan. Uh, to be able to honor these great heroes of World War II, especially while they are still among us. And how beautiful uh, that these guys and this Marine in particular, John Ed Lawton, uh, was honored over the weekend there in Memorial Day and was honored in a big, big way. And again, that the world is understanding the incredible sacrifice and service of these great men and women and their families. So bravo, to the merchant marines we love them and we appreciate them and of course we appreciate all of our veterans and their service to this country let's continue with your calls everybody 1-800-848-9222 one 800 Larry uh, let's go back to you Larry you, you had a second point to make go ahead my friend
7: yes okay Rita I'm sure you're old enough to remember 1974 when Woody Allen came out with the movie Sleeper you remember that movie?
2: Yep, I remember it well.
7: You're, okay, I remember when it was. It was there was a leader there that they were worshiping. They were all following a leader that was killed, and all that was left was his nose, and they had to try to clone his nose. And um, that society mimicked our society exactly, and even Joe Biden, because all well, all that's going to be left of him is a bunch of cells. They're going to have to clone him. To to let him run again.
2: (laughs) That's a great point, Larry. That's a great... I mean, do you... Let me ask you. Do you think he can actually finish out even this term, Larry? I mean, seriously.
7: Obviously not. But but the the difference between this term and next term is going to be exactly the same. I mean, they're just going to have to keep pushing him you know i mean I mean, they could push it if they could clone a nose they could certainly push a dead
2: body you know what's funny i was earlier today i was talking to Ari fleischer former white house press secretary under george w bush um and uh he was talking about how uh he believes like it was sort of like a version of star trek almost like you're talking about how they sort of brought the clone person out and like here he is he sort of stayed you know uh preserved and that they're going to like prop him up. Um, and I can't, I just can't physically imagine how he's going to do it, uh, for the rest of, and, and with us with a straight face watching his fumbles and his bumbles and even just some of the comments he made, forget even the falls, just even some of the comments are just downright scary and frightening. And it makes me wonder, what is he doing behind closed doors when he's dealing with some of these people? That is a scary premise. Larry, thank you very much. You're terrific. Have a great, great weekend. Um, Let's go to Robert in Philly, line four. Robert, your thoughts.
7: Hi, great to talk to you, Rita. I'll I'll be really quick.
5: I thought it was funny that you got Teddy to admit that it was wrong for the way his media went after Trump. Of course, he's a hypocrite and didn't think it was wrong at the time. He only thinks it's wrong when you go after his guy. And that's hilarious. Please have him on every night.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Sometimes uh, sunlight is the best infectant. You got it, Robert. Thank you very much. Have a great, great weekend. Um, Let's go to Lonnie, line seven. Lonnie, your thoughts about all this? Lonnie,
3: go ahead. All right. Yeah. Hi, Rita. Um, First of all, I just want to let you know that I love Danishes in my coffee. And uh, (laughs) go ahead.
2: And I am half Danish, so thank you.
3: I could have a half a Danish in the coffee, too. Uh, the thing is, uh, first of all, with the military, before I get to politics, you got to do something on the civilian air patrol of World War II. I mean, those German subs can get near the East Coast, and they blamed it on the civilian pro- uh, pilots of the civilian air patrol who were decorated, and they were unbelievable pilots. They were all different ages. Absolutely. No,
2: I'm money. glad you brought that up, Lonnie. I'm going to do that. Thank you. I'm so glad you brought that up.
3: Right. They taught a lot of young pilots how to fly, too. And those guys were all great pilots because of why? Because they're at at the age group where Lindbergh was their hero in 27 when he flew across. They all wanted to be pilots. That's why we had the pilots ready to go. Uh, The thing is now with the politics and with with Trump and everything, I mean, I look at it this way. DeSantis is a great governor in, in Florida, and why would I want to be knocking him for political reasons, when this country is upside down. I mean, we have a vegetable in the White House. We know the left wing is running the country. But this would be my advice to the people out there. No matter who the Republican president is, that person has to be your puppet. He has to do what you want to be done. That's what has to be done. That's what the left is doing. It doesn't matter who wins for the left. They, that person knows they have to toe the line and do everything they want. And I, I will tell people, listen, um, when the lame duck uh, Congress in 2018, Republicans lost the House and the Senate, Trump bent Ryan's arm behind his back to, to do the first step back, which released thousands of prisoners out of the federal pen. I mean, are we being that, you know, wearing rose colored glasses that we want to think that this is right and this is wrong, and, and but we don't want to look into the facts? The bottom line is... By the way, Lonnie, that's a
2: great point. Absolutely. Great point.
3: And day one, you put the military on that border. You put a base on that border. You put a wall on that border. You put a prison on that border. You put a federal court on that border, and you let them know they're leaving this country. We're not accepting this no more. All these illegals coming in, this is all by design. There's millions of jobs that they want them to fill construction, uh, um, restaurants, diners, all kinds of service industry. And this is where you're gonna find them. But the bottom line is they're gonna be getting a host of all kinds of welfare programs on every level, federal, state, local, city, and even charities. And people say, well, they're legal, Yeah, but they're gonna give them work permits, believe me. That's the whole thing, what is the design behind this. The people don't have, those people who uh, want them in here, don't have the interest of this country. They say, they say "Oh, Republican business." No, listen, Republican guys, Democratic dudes, and people don't even think about politics. Have businesses that want these illegals inside this country so they can exploit them for cheap labor. You are, by the way, not-
2: you. By the way, Lonnie, you are one thousand percent correct. There are people that are exploiting. And on the other hand, uh, clearly, the open border policy overall lies with the president, and he loves it being open. And not even for necessarily financial reasons, I think there's there's clearly some plan because he wants at some point say, oh, well, they're all going to be legal. Maybe we'll shut the border now. But all the millions at that point now, over five million that are in the country since he took over, are now suddenly going to be legal residents. And we're just going to kind of move on. I, I mean, there are so many layers to this. But but you hit it on the head that. Our country is in serious, serious trouble right now, and it's of serious, serious concern. And for all those reasons, um, you know, we got to stand united. And that's why I think it's important that we have a president who looks strong because there's a lot of problems out there and there's a lot of people who would want to capitalize on the situation. Uh, let's go to Joanne, line four. Joanne, your thoughts. Yes, sweetie. How are you? Good. How are you um, doing? Um, what do you think's ahead with um, uh, Biden fumbling and bumbling? Um, um, yeah, I'm going to say that in one second, but I just want to give you a compliment first,
10: and then I'll move right on. Um, I heard your interview with Cuomo, the ex-governor Cuomo, uh, about a week ago. Yeah, you were so fantastic. I couldn't believe it. You were so spot on and and beyond spot on. But you were just so awesome, and that I loved it. Loved it. That's Thank you excited. very
2: okay. much. So Thank you. It was great. It was great.
10: I was trying to get onto Greg's Greg Kelly showed to tell him, but I'm always holding on forever, and then they never get on. Oh, any of them, thank I'd you. Like to say though, yeah, sure, for sure, you were great. Thank you. Um, we thank you. So I just, uh, as far as Biden, oh my God, you know, it, it, the fall was terrible. No one wants to see anyone fall. That was very sad. Um, but you know, we saw Hillary fall. We saw um, uh, who else fell? Uh, oh, even Trump. Even Trump down the slippery. Uh, remember. Um
2: yes, yes, but not to the degree of this. I mean, that's the thing. That's the difference. Not to the degree. I mean, this was like a this was our outright tumble. And Trump was like a little trip. Even Biden going up and down the steps, you know, the first time he did it was a little trip. But then he like tripped three times like a, a triple, not a triple threat, but a triple trip that
10: out and then and then even the bicycle that was so you know listen listen he didn't get hurt so that was okay but it's still ridiculous it does not look good we need to look strong we look horrible we look weak they're laughing I heard today that um that Putin and um uh and uh Xi were were laughing about the fall I'm not surprised um,
2: because they they sense you know it epitomizes I think just weakness and you got to have a strong president not just for America but for the world don't you think Joanne Totally, you know what? Totally,
10: a thousand percent. And just what quick thing, if I could mention, because I know you probably have other people hanging on, but I want to mention the border. It is a total disgrace. And as your other caller just said, yes, uh, totally, to get us down and to have all the, you know, illegal work and whatever. Okay, but I think it's more. What I think is, well, there's another plan, probably not just my plan, but the other thing is, um, I'm sure a lot of it's for votes, and uh, they'll find a way to get them to, listen, if they had last time, I have a friend that had 12, um, uh, uh what do you call it like that came to the house when they were doing mail-in Twelve applications Abs- absentee ballots, yep. Twelve absentee ballots. Yep, twelve. I mean really? And then uh someone else said it came in their dog's name. And uh, <laughs> I heard it I mean yeah, yeah. Could you could you even imagine
2: By the way, you know ballots? what's sad, Joanne? I actually do believe because boy, uh there clearly are problems with our system in general. I even say just even look at the way the Hunter Biden was suppressed. That to me, you could call it voter interference. The fact that they purposely downplayed the Hunter Biden story so nobody would know anything about it. They remember they like kicked them off, blocked them on Twitter. They had no access to tell the story. Biden goes on the stage and makes it sound like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" I mean, for all these reasons. Uh, it's a disgrace. And the American public needs to have the best information, the educated. They need to know the real physical and mental acuity of our current president. And I think he should debate. I actually that's why I actually think RFK's idea of debating. He's calling for a debate right now. And I think there should be one. I think the American public needs to see. Is he physically fit? Uh, can he really handle it? Because it is a tough job being the president and, uh, I mean, it ages. I, I remember, remember when Obama went in? I mean, he looked nice and spry, playing basketball, hanging out. He looked like, uh, like his hair was like almost white when he got out, you know? And Clinton, too. Clinton aged so much, and those were both young guys, you know? So you can imagine the toll it's taking on somebody like a President Biden. I, I mean, it's, it's, it is just stressing, not just for him, but for the world. Uh, Joanne, thank you. You got to call back again. You are terrific, and everybody. Before we go, I want to get your thoughts also on the grand jury now meeting in the Subway chokehold case, and the attorney for the Marine, Daniel Penny, thinks that there could be a fair trial. Listen to what he had to say.
5: As far as as a fair trial, I I, I have been trying cases in, in 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 New York City for for twenty years. Um, the majority of which have been in front of Manhattan jurors. Um, I don't have any, any doubt at this time that my client can get a fair trial here. I think, you know, in, in some ways th- this is really uh, the best place to try mm-hmm. the case because so many people that are going to be judging the facts will mm-hmm. have be, will be able to relate to the sort of situation that confronted my client and the other passengers on that mm-hmm. train.
2: But if you listen to the attorney for Jordan Neely's family, that's a homeless person's family, uh, he basically makes it sound like for no reason the homeless guy got choked. Take a listen.
9: It was not something that was easy to foresee since you had an individual who stepped in to help his fellow passengers to then be charged with the uh, death of Mr. Neely was uh, was a bit of a surprise, especially considering the fact that he had been interviewed by the police and was told that he was free to go, and then was later arrested. So that it was not something that was anticipated.
2: And that actually is the attorney, rather. Oh, I see. We got a couple things marked the same, but let's go to uh, let's go to ten B if we can. This is the attorney for Jordan Neely, and his name is Dante Mills, and. He paints a different picture. That was Steve Reiser, who's also an attorney for the Marine, kind of explaining how it was a surprise that the charges came to begin with. But again, if you listen to the attorney for Dante Mills, it's a different story. No one on that train
6: asked Jordan, what's wrong? How can I help you? He was choked to death instead. So for everybody saying, I've been on the train and I've been afraid before, And I can't tell you what I would have done in that situation. I'm going to tell you, ask how you can help, please don't attack, don't choke, don't kill. Don't take someone's life. Don't take someone's loved one from them because they're in a bad place. No one on that train said you started out by saying I'm hungry, I need food. I'm done with it. I don't know where to get food. I don't care if I die. I don't care if I go to jail. I'm just done. No one said, here you are, sir. Let me meet your need or help you in a situation
2: or give a word of encouragement. That's not what happened on that train. Wow. So they make it sound like it was the passenger's responsibility to take care of the homeless guy who was threatening them. Does that make any sense to you out there? And what do you think is going to happen now that the case is before the grand jury? 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. Train 16
2: You can never go wrong with a little mystery train by Elvis. Don't step on my blue suede shoes, Elvis. But I love the fact. That uh, it is always a mystery, and it's a downright scary mystery, and you don't know what you're going to get when you're on a New York subway, that's for sure. And now the case that everybody around the country is watching, where the Marine, Daniel Penny, put the homeless guy in a chokehold, saying that he was worried about other passengers and the threats coming from the guy to other passengers. Now it is before a grand jury. So the question is, will the grand jury indict or not? Well, here is the attorney for the Marine, Steve Reiser, saying that the Marine's goal was to protect others.
9: The mindset is pretty simple. Uh, He was fearful for the safety of those passengers. So when he acted, his mindset was to keep his fellow passengers safe from attack.
2: So do you think the grand jury will ultimately exonerate him and throw out the charges by good old Alvin Bragg? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Gary, line four. Gary, your thoughts.
7: Hi, I'm, I'm a staunch Trump supporter, staunch conservative, pro-America, pro-military, pro-cop. But that man killed that man on that subway that night. There was no need. He was much stronger than him. He came up from behind and choked in the death. My brother and I drove a truck in New York City for years. We chased muggers years ago, probably five or six times. The most he should have done was held him down. There was no reason to choke. That man had mental illness. The Marine was stronger than that man. There was no reason for him to choke in the death like that. And that's exactly what he did. Wow! And I don't know how everybody doesn't see it. I don't get it.
2: No, but you know what? You know what? You don't see that other people on the train were concerned about their safety. He said, I'm going to kill. And even, by the way, even if somebody is smaller than the others, um, when somebody is having mental illness... Um, As you know better than anybody, Gary, you know, uh, anybody listening out there, we've all seen people with mental illness, as you mentioned. In New York, you see them on every single street these days and almost every single subway train. You don't know what they're going to do, even if they're smaller than you. And you don't know if they're on drugs. We still don't know the toxicology or the autopsy, which I find really interesting um, because maybe there was something. We know the guy had a history of, of drugs, including K2, which is a synthetic opioid that's a hallucinogenic So, you know, you can feel sort of like Superman and turbocharged. So, I I mean, to me, uh, the the fact that the guy was a little bit bigger, if somebody's big or if they have a weapon, which a lot of people thought maybe the guy was two seconds away from pulling out a weapon, uh, that certainly makes all the difference uh, with the power, too. Uh, But I hear what you're saying, and and it's going to be before the grand jury. I disagree um, based on what I've heard. Again, I wasn't on the subway train, but from what I've heard from people, uh, they were fearful of their lives. And the guy was saying, I'm going to kill a mother blank. So to me, uh, that's a pretty serious threat. If you see a homeless guy, I don't care if it's a little homeless guy. A little homeless guy with a weapon suddenly turns into a big homeless guy and a big problem for a lot of people. Uh, let's go to Mike, line eight. Mike, your thoughts. Mike, uh, go ahead. Hello, Rita. How you
3: doing tonight? Good. How you doing? Um, good, good. Thank you. Uh, I think the Penny... <clears throat> uh, he should run for president, but... Uh,
2: uh, Not according to Gary. <laughs> Gary thinks he should be behind bars the rest of his life, it seems. Yeah,
3: Gary, Gary's wrong because
7: uh, he...
3: Uh, just as you started to say there, he didn't wear a sign on him saying, I haven't met the problems. You know, he the man at that point was a terrorist. It was a complete terrorist situation. And if it happened, you got to remember, too, not too long ago, over an R train or whatever it was in, in Brooklyn. Yeah, with well,
2: a guy opened fire. Of- you're right. right. Yes. Yeah. You just okay. – you're, you're right. You never know. And I like, you know, your point about uh, it doesn't matter what size somebody is. If somebody suddenly pulls out a weapon, and also when somebody makes those kind of threats – that is scary as heck. Let me go to Jimmy real quick. Line 7, Jimmy, real, real quick, my friend. Go ahead, Jim. Hold
6: the guy from the back so he can't spit AIDS or hepatitis in your face. He can't bite you. The guy was trying to stop a crime, trying to prevent the... That guy who called up, I'm a veteran, I'm a tough guy, I'm a Trump supporter, blah, blah, blah But he murdered him. I don't believe that guy for a minute. That's like me saying, you know, I'm a leftist. I love convicts. Jimmy,
2: I love you. Have a good weekend.